Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Thanks for listening to the Toronto Legends Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Applebaum. I thought for today's episode, I'd introduce you to an unknown talent, an up-and-comer who, with hard work and perseverance, may one day make it big in Toronto, the center of the universe. And if this gentleman is one day able to make that leap, I hope that you, dear listener, will look back and say that you first heard about him right here on the Toronto Legends Podcast. Welcome, Michael Pinball Clemens, to Toronto Legends. Thank you for joining me. Where are you and how are you? Oh, I, I am in Toronto, right? And uh, and doing great. Thanks for asking. You're always doing great. And of course, that intro was tongue-in-cheek, as Pinball Clemens is without a doubt one of this city and country's most beloved adopted sons. On the field, Pinball is a seven-time CFL champion for your Toronto Argonauts, winning three titles as a player, two as an executive, one as a coach, and one is the team's general manager. Nobody in CFL history has chewed up more yardage than Pinball's 25,000 combined yards, and of course, in 2008, he was appropriately enshrined in the Canadian Football League Hall of Fame. But he is also an all-star off the field, with a long-standing involvement in numerous initiatives that make living in the greater Toronto area better for everyone. And on that note, on Wednesday, December 6th at Roy Thompson Hall, the 7th Annual Christmas with the Clemens Family Celebration will take place in service of marginalized youth with tickets available right now at christmaswiththeclemens.ca. Pinball, what is this event all about and why should listeners carve time out of a very busy December to attend? Oh, well, you know, this this event came about when we were traveling in, in one of the developing countries and we had a little communication gap. And so we were just first meeting and, uh, and, you know, they, they have, uh, some people who are, you know, providing a little help for us. But the interesting thing was, is when the music started to play, there was sort of, there was a common language. And, and so my wife being a singer herself, uh, comes from her, her father, uh, was a part of a, a traveling quartet. And uh, so she grew up singing and has done so her whole life. And she says, why, why don't we try to do something uh, that can communicate in the same way uh, in, in Toronto back home? And, and, and so that's what happened. That's how it's initiated. And we actually help some 3,000 young people. Uh, we mentor 3,000 young people a year into a job. Uh, we also have uh, programming that... Uh, uh, we actually pay books and tuition for 100 uh, marginalized or and racialized uh, students, and, and we're we're beyond the GTA now into Manitoba, Saskatchewan, BC, and Alberta, uh, and so uh, we are starting. So we don't we don't have as many students in those places, but we are starting to develop opportunities. It was one of my you know greatest 
things that happened to me this year was to be in Winnipeg and, and hear a lady come up to me and talk to, uh, about our program and the difference that it is made in, in her, uh, her daughter's life. And uh, so uh, so that was really cool to, to be beyond your borders, right, and, and be able to hear that. So that's a, a little bit of why we do the concert. Now, who's the who, right? The who would be effervescent, if you will, uh, Sean Jones, right? He, he uh, just, he, he lights up a room. You, you've seen him on commercials and, uh, and and may not know his name, but he is a tremendous artist and he will be there. Uh, the St. Mike's Choir, St. Mike's Boys Choir will be there. Carl Wolf, he's the cool swooner, right? He just, uh, he's he, he's got all of that, that just so much savvy. Glenn Lewis, the, the, the award-winning artist, and and uh, we'll we'll also have uh, some players that we have every year. Uh, Sonia Collymore is just tremendous. She'll she'll sing along with my bride, as a matter of fact. Simone Denny, uh, she is a worldwide, a world-renowned uh, singer uh, as well. This this lady named Patricia Shirley, boy, can she sing? Oh my goodness, a songbird. Uh, Gary Beals was on uh, one of the shows that we have, you know, the the uh, Canadian shows. And he, he is. A, and then we have this guy named Pastor Brown. He's just a crowd favorite every year. He just gets the crowd going and and uh, and more. So so that's what we uh, a little bit about it. And it's on December 6th at uh, 6 p.m. Doors open. 7 p.m. Uh, is the start. And we start right on time. So. If you have a little something to do because of the holiday season, don't worry. Excellent. That's a great introduction, Pinball. So Wednesday, December 6th is that night at Roy Thompson Hall. That sounds like it's going to be great. I want to ask you about some key points in the Pinball Clemens story. Born January 15, 1965 in Dunedin, Florida, which later, of course, became the spring training home of our Toronto Blue Jays. Were you an athletic kid growing up? Did you play other sports besides football? Yes, I was. And you just mentioned uh, about the Blue Jays. Uh, so I was a baseball player as well. And what is really cool about that story is two days ago, I I just spoke with uh, the former mayor of Dunedin. Manny Kutsarias is his name. And he actually was my first baseball coach. He was also the mayor that brought the Toronto Blue Jays to Dunedin, right? So, our, so kind of a cool thing, a kind of cool connection. Uh, but yes, when I uh, first registered for football, that was my love. I'm eight years old, and uh, they uh, kind of mentioned that I was a little small, right? And, uh, and and the lady was being really nice, and she she was uh, she was just afraid that she uh, she's like, I'm sorry, ma'am, he has to be eight years old. And she told my mom, and she said he is eight. Oh, she says, oh. Uh, if he is eight, can you just bring him back when he's a little bigger? <laughs> and uh, by the time I was 11 years old, I had my jersey retired in a local restaurant. Uh, but also um, soccer, right, became my other sport. I was an all-state player uh, in high school in both football and soccer. Um, was awarded the best player in my area in, in football and, and uh, um, similarly led, uh, um, it was the leading scorer in soccer. Uh, in in the county and and um, so had, had success early on. Also, Manny Kutsarias, uh Mayor Manny, thought that uh, baseball was my best sport. But um, 
he said, because you're going to you're going to naturally gravitate. You're going to catch on. For me, my head was out of the box. Right. I, I had to try to keep my head in there because I was oh, swinging for the fence. Right. I was seeing it go over before I actually was swinging the bat. Right. So uh, was uh, really efficient more as a fielder. Right. And then if I got on the base, generally, as he's telling me, kind of reminded me, he says, you either hit a home run, you walked and stole every base, or you struck out. Right. <laughs> it was a home run and three. Now, I don't remember hitting home runs, though. I could hit pretty good, but I don't remember hitting any home runs uh, or many home runs anyway. But, uh, um, you know, that's that that's uh, the fun I think we had. Sports were a big part of my life. Um uh, growing up and and uh, education was always first. Uh, my mom always put that first. Uh, but sport uh, played a huge role in my uh, life, all of my life. Well, let's talk about how you combine sports and education. You played football collegiately and earned your economics degree at the College of William and Mary in historic Williamsburg, Virginia. I had actually been on that campus and its claim to fame as being the second oldest institution of higher learning in the entire United States. Pinball, how was your experience in being away from home to attend William and Mary and to play football for the tribe? Well, um, my mom really um, provided a, a really settled atmosphere as a, as a kid growing up, and so from from there, you know, she she kind of supported me in 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 a way that she she wanted to be able to take every advantage, every opportunity uh, that we had, and so. Uh, she sent me uh, on a trip to Mexico with our Spanish class, and uh, and that was sort of the first time I'd ever been out of the country, right? And uh, and so that that was a tremendous experience, a kind of preparation of being away from home. Uh, there were other uh, different things that uh, uh, we engaged in that that uh, that really sort of provided a. I don't security blanket is is not so much the word as it prepared me for what was next right so so I it, going to school I, I felt very comfortable and you know was excited to get the opportunity being away from home was uh different uh but not intimidating right um because you know she you know of course the first days you know calling home a lot and uh and, and then the last days well she's asking me when are you gonna call home right so 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 uh so it kind of graduated from lots of calls to fewer calls, but all, it was always pretty comfortable. Excellent. Well, I do want to give a shout out to past podcast guest Kirsten Jones, who, like you, Pinball, is a member of William & Mary's Athletic Hall of Fame, Kirsten being in there for her volleyball achievements. Yeah. Now, in 1987, you were drafted by the NFL's Kansas City Chiefs, and a lesser-known pinball fact is that you did play in eight NFL games and then spent some time with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Why did a longer career not work out for you in the NFL? And how'd you end up coming north to Canada in 1989? I got hurt too much. So, so, and it's not the typical thing. Oh, you think you're a small guy. I actually um, got a a knee in my thigh when we were getting ready. The day before we were getting ready to go play, uh, go to Los Angeles to play the Raiders. And, um, it's a walkthrough day. It's supposed to be half speed. And, and uh, one of the, the, the linebackers came through. Uh, his knee hit me in the thigh. My thigh bled uh, for, I had bleeding in my thigh for several weeks uh, uh, after that. 
And uh, so that was the first thing. The, the Another thing was it's the, the last strike year. And, and so we missed four games early because of that, right? And then I got a chance to play in the eight games. So, so we played one game, went on strike, played seven, right? And then after um, I got that injury, right, that kept me out for the rest of the season. Now I went and worked out at Wayman Mary, was coaching a little bit with the, the uh, brain football, as we call it. So that happened. And so everything was going well, everything was good. And then I pulled my hamstring for the first time in my life. And so with that, the idea here is you have trouble be- staying healthy. So um, it wasn't that I wasn't competent enough to to play at that level. It was that I'm 5'5", 165 pounds. And, you know, kids, you got injured all the time. Yeah, so the best ability in sport is availability, right? And so... That was the the cause of that challenge. Then I got a chance to go down to Tampa Bay, uh, but they had all, they really had already made the decisions on who was going to play, who was going to you know to 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 make the roster uh, at that point. So uh, it was a, it was a great opportunity. And then after I was here, uh, my my second year here, I was the MVP of the league, and, and I actually had a chance to go back down, but I decided not to. So I had a chance to go back down to the NFL. Um, we had uh, several offers that were there, but I, I decided to stay. Well, it's our gain, and uh, I'm personally very glad you decided to stay. Yeah. Now, Pinball, I want you to be honest. As a Florida kid, did you even know where Toronto was on a map, and did you have any preconceived notions about Canada or playing uh, professional football in the CFL? Well, not on the map, but of course, I, as I mentioned, right, our, the, the mayor of Den Eden was my baseball coach and we had our Blue Jays. So, so yes, I was familiar with Toronto, knew about Toronto. Well, well I, I wouldn't say knew about maybe a little too far, right? But I was cognizant of Toronto, right? And, you know, that Canada was this place that was north of us. And that if I had a chance to play, uh, there was verbal familiarity if there if you will right uh so i i i wasn't really cognizant but but uh i heard it was a nice place and, and my mom worked for the city of denny and so she uh met had met many people who come down to florida during the winter season and and so the canadian transition was very apparent in our lives and the fact that people come back and forth and, and, and so so there was a level of familiarity if you will i did know about Toronto, though. I did know that it was going to be the most magnificent city I'd ever been in in my life. If you're enjoying this Toronto Legends interview with Michael Pinball Clemens, please check out the more than 175 additional episodes available anytime. We got other Toronto Argonaut greats, including Mike Morielli, Adam Rita, David Cinnamon, Jim Barker, Bob Nicholson, and current president Bill Manning. How they did it directly from the Toronto Legends themselves. All episodes available 24-7-365, wherever you get your podcasts. You are an adopted son, of course, of Toronto, and you, of course, are also a great storyteller. So I'm going to ask you for any good stories about some other Argo legends playing with Doug Flutie. Oh, my goodness. Yes, Doug Flutie was simply the best player I've ever played with. Now, we were um, in the... I think it was the 97. Yes. So the 97 Eastern final, and we're playing against the Montreal Alouettes. And they have 
a really strong team. We, we, we were the best two teams in the East and uh, uh, pretty definitively. And they've got Tracy Ham and some really good players on the other side. And it was the end of the game. And we, we had finished in first place, 15 and three. So we felt like we were clearly the better team. They were good, but, but we were the better team, right? And, and uh, with that, that, man, we struggled that game. Right. We had a lot of little things happen and we were at the end of the game. They had the ball and it was only a few minutes left on the clock. And Doug came over to me, he says, Penner, when we get back on the field, it's you and me all the way down the field. Right. And uh, so they actually got in the field goal range and they missed the field goal. We returned it out to around the 20 yard line. So we get out there and uh, he calls his own number. Right. He gains nine yards. He quarterbacks each and gets, you know, the, the extra yard. Right. First down. He calls his old number again. He goes for 11 yards. Right. And so now we've come, we've backed up out of our own end now. Right. And he calls our favorite play. It was the Oakland route. Now, Oakland was an over under concept. Right. And uh, so there was a um, someone who ran underneath and, and, uh, and I had the, the overwrap based on the formation that we had run. So our favorite play, whether it was the under, other, over, I loved you know, both of them. And uh, when they had the blitz situation called and they were coming at it, right? And, you know, my whole thing was, well, you know, I went and I planted and headed uh, across the field on the over. And I was hoping that he could find me. When I turned my head, the ball was already on the way. He hit me perfectly in stride, right? After avoiding what is a mass of men coming towards him, the ball was already up in the air, in the way, and Mookie tackled me going across the end zone line. And so uh, um, that's who he was. He, he, he was absolutely magical. Nothing fits his story better than the Hail Mary, right? And, and, uh, because, right, it, it wasn't just the Hail Mary. It was precipitated. He knew exactly what he was trying to do and where he was trying to go when he threw what everybody else was thought was a 50-50 ball, right? He always had a plan behind what he was doing, right? And so just, uh, I, I can't say enough good things about it. And, and just a great human being as well. Well, that's even better to hear and when you talk about magic, let's talk about 1991. This was the magical year of the Rocket and Pinball Show, where you played alongside Ragib the Rocket Ishmael under the ownership of the three amigos, John Candy, Wayne Gretzky, and Bruce McNall. What stands out for you from that season, which, of course, ended with the Argonauts winning the Grey Cup? Well, that particular year, to see this young guy who's coming right out of uh, university, right? And 21 years old and all the pressure, all the weight, all the stuff, right? The the future of the league was put on his shoulders, right? And, and this is the new direction and where we're going. And, and uh, he, he's, he's, he's got an awkward humor, right? Because he does all of these little quirky things, right? And, and uh, his, his ability right, to manage all that had, had been placed upon him, 
uh, really spoke to who he was. And, and to see him as a young guy uh, really going through this cautious uh, at, at, at times, right? Um, there were times where he was, you know, a little bit hesitant about, you know, different things that were going on around him and, and uh, who was around him uh, because they wanted to be a friend and who was around him because they wanted to be popular, right? So uh, so all of, all of these things he was able to, to balance and to meld and just, he makes me look tired, right? Yeah, you just got yeah, the energy. Wow. Just, and, and uh, I, I'm, I'm just always, from, from the moment I've met him, had a deep, deep love and appreciation for him. He had to balance so much and, and uh, he did it so well. In addition to uh, Rocket Ishmael, another interesting character I want to ask you about is when you brought Heisman Trophy winner and former number one NFL draft pick Ricky Williams up north to join the Argos. You know, when you when you hear about Ricky Williams and and his story and all of that, you think that you're going to have this guy who comes in, right? And he's, you know, um, going to be a bit of a prima donna. And he was the most one of the most self-reflective people I've ever been around in my life. Um, he was very extremely introspective and uh, really cognizant of who he who he was and where he wanted to go, right? And he enjoyed private time, right? Enjoyed alone time. And being here, I think. He, he's commented more than once and has is, is been nicer to me than I deserve, right? Um, he, he's talk, he talked about the influence uh, that I, I, you know, that I had. And, and I think that's overstated um, because he, he was already, right, all of those things he mentioned that I was able to give. And, and, and so, so even to this day, you know, as he, you know, people will tell me like, oh yeah, um, Ricky was in an interview. He, he, he talked about you. He, yeah. And, and so, you know, that, that year, right. Um, that we spent together really kind of made me more cognizant of the individuality that all of us have. Right. And how to, uh, he taught me a little bit about embracing, um, and I've, I, I, I think I've always tried to do that, right? But he was the thing that he was just so phenomenally introspective and cognizant of who he was that it stimulated me to 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 try to to do the same and be the same. That's great, and certainly it's gratifying for you to hear yeah. they had felt such a positive effect of being around you. Now. Henry Gizmo Williams was another legendary kick returner of similar physical stature to you, Pinball. You both officially played at five foot five, five foot six. Do you have any kind of kinship or relationship with the great Gizmo? So, so uh, Giz, I love Giz. Now he, he he's another energy guy, uh, different kind of energy. Rocket ha- has a little bit of that mentalist that uh, that Ricky has to him, you know, and and Giz. Giz, Giz just loves to have fun. He, he joke, laugh, and uh, he, 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 he's going to make everybody around him feel better. And, and when you say, of like, Gizmo is probably a legit, legitimately 5'7", and, and, uh, and I'm legitimately 5'4'9". Right? Yeah, so, 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 
So he is a couple of inches, legitimately a couple of inches taller than me, right? But he is also a rock. Oh my goodness. This guy is chiseled, right? Muscles, muscles on his eyebrows, right? And uh, muscles everywhere. And, and, and so when, when, we, when we talk about him and, and he was a sprinter, right? I was an athlete and, uh, and I was fast, right? And I think you could probably better define that as quick. So yes, I ran a four four, but he ran a four two, right? And, and so when you look at that, right? Uh, wow, he was just uh unbelievable, unbelievable. His that just that 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 combination of strength and power and speed, just and, and uh, with he always, 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 you know, just just has that spirit where he he makes people around him feel better right uh, that that super consciousness and and laughing and and telling jokes and and doing little things you know playing with your ear yeah yeah he's forever young i think yeah so uh forever young i think is is probably the title i will give him now at the other end of the height spectrum was the former nba player from africa the late manut bull now pinball you met manut well he was seven foot six and you were, and presumably still are, five foot five. That must have been quite the photo op. Uh, that was quite the photo, photo op. And we uh, we actually had new names after that. He was Manute and I was Minute. <laughs> so, 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 yeah, that, the picture was so crazy, like the hugging his waist, right? Yeah, so... Uh, what what are one of my favorite photos of all time yet yeah, without I like that uh, that's great we didn't uh, necessarily get to know each other a whole lot right uh, but uh, we did uh, have that that uh, that chance meeting where we got a chance to meet take that picture beside each other and uh, it is comical indeed <laughs> and as we close I do have a pinball story of my own to the utter disappointment of both your wife, Diane, and my wife, Vicky, both you and I agree that the height of fine dining is Olive Garden. And one night, I walked into the long-gone but not forgotten Olive Garden on Front Street, just east of the Sky Dome, and there sat you, Pinball Clemens, enjoying a private family meal, including, of course, all-you-can-eat breadsticks. But of course, you acted like you didn't mind that I interrupted your meal, and you gave me the megawatt pinball clemens smile and you gave me a very very firm handshake greeting so even i can personally testify pinball clemens is an outstanding gentleman at all times oh well angie that's that's so kind of you to say uh but but that's how we should be right that's how you know people yeah for the most part that's how we are and so i um really uh enjoyed this opportunity to reflect to look back and uh uh, and, and if I could maybe just do uh, one last shot on on uh, uh, on Christmas with the Clemens, uh, um, if I could, if, if you would uh, be so kind to meet us at Roy Thompson Hall on December 6th, show starts at 7, doors open at 6, we'll be roaming around saying hello to everybody and, and giving out hugs as, as long as COVID will allow us. Well, we shouldn't even say that. Uh, let's get past that. Uh, and, and again, we've got so many tremendous artists, so many uh, great artists that will be performing. Uh, but more than that, it's going to benefit uh, young people in our community. So we 
uh, helped some 3,000 young people a year uh, go into a job. And these are, are young people from marginalized and racialized backgrounds. So we would greatly appreciate your help. If you cannot come, uh, we still uh, petition you, if you would, to go to christmaswiththeclemens.ca. Uh, that's christmaswiththeclemens.ca. Clemens is spelled C-L-E-M-O-N-S, as Roger Clemens is E-N-S. Uh, so, so M-O-N-S. I, I've made a challenge. Uh, so I gave $1,000 to have 31 young people be able to attend the concert. I like for people to match me. I'm hoping that 10 people will will, will match me and we will have some 300 youth uh, there that are able to uh, enjoy the program as well. And so I uh, thank you so much, Andrew, for this time and, and reminiscing. It's It's been awesome. Well, it's been my pleasure to get the opportunity to speak with you, Michael. And again, that's Wednesday, December 6th at Roy Thompson Hall, christmaswiththeclemens.ca. And I want to wish you continued success, not only with the program on December 6th, but going forward. All right. Thank you so much, Andrew. All right. Best of the season. And to you as well. All right. And to the listeners, on behalf of the wonderful Michael Pinball Clemens, I am Andrew Applebaum saying thanks for listening to this episode of the Toronto Legends Podcast. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com.